This is Tush. And I welcome you to Tushalicious Talk, an Oklahoma City podcast for titillating women, tantalizing conversation. And I thank you in advance for allowing me to be your one-stop shop advocacy connection. Hello, hello, hello. This is Jackie again, nicknamed Tush with Tushalicious Talk. And today I have disability rights advocate Audra Beasley here. And we are going to be talking about accessing restroom access. Yes. <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> so tell me um, exactly what you do first. Um, like introduce yourself, please. I am a mother of a child with uh, developmental disabilities. And Max, he's seven years old, and he was born with spina bifida, hydrocephalus, and Arnold Chiari malformation, which I know that's a lot. So um, anyway, it's a, a severe spinal injury, uh, cord injury. And then he was born, he needed a brain shunt, and his uh, the tonsils of his cerebellum were pulled down into his spinal canal, which has caused a lot of medical issues and kind of throwing me into this disability rights um, journey. And there's been a lot of uh, amazing things happen over the years. But anyway, I'm a disability rights advocate and a mother to three. And um, uh, (laughs) that's how we've got to know each other, too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of people out there know I have a nephew in Texas that unfortunately had drowned earlier this summer. Um, And he did not pass away, but he had drowned for a couple of minutes so that um, even right now, Uh, At the end of 2023, he is still in the hospital. He is recovering, um, but he is not able to walk right now. Um, His cognitive function is still off. And that is how I ended up, I'm not going to say ended up, but in a personal way versus just a you know, we're advocates in Oklahoma City, but on a personal manner, that is how I ended up becoming a little closer with Audra because the ride, uh, it, I mean, it, it's a journey. You, it, there's so many ups and downs of it. Um, the doctors tell you this, that, and the other, and then what they tell you is not always what happens. And it, it's just, woo, I, woo, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot of trauma. It is. It's trauma, isn't it? It is. It is. And then trying to um, balance, I mean, it's like, I'm. it's not even my son, and then trying to balance my life with it. So I can only imagine as a mother what it's like um, to be the parent of a disabled child, and then all of the laws that are intact or not even just the laws, but the accessibility or the lack of accessibility that constantly is at the at the front of your mind, but it's not at the front of other people's mind because if they're not going through it, it doesn't have to be. Right. So, yeah, what's your experience with um, equal restroom rights here in Oklahoma City? Oklahoma City has an incredible leadership. Um, when this issue came about of... Um, Max not having a, a, a place to have um, private, safe, and appropriate restroom access. You know, he I, I saw early on that he was going to outgrow the baby changing stations and that I would still need them as his caregiver. Um, that that I, I realized that when he was about two at the Oklahoma Children's Hospital. And um, shortly after John Hayes, which he's no longer the... Uh, no longer boss over there, but um, he he went to work right away. The Family Advisory Council went to work right away. Um, and Oklahoma Children's Hospital was the first children's hospital 
um, in the state or yeah, in the state, but Oklahoma City buildings. So, um, you know, we built the Oklahoma City Convention Center and Mayor Holt said, hey, y'all come out here and go. And within a day of it being open, I was on the phone with Tom Anderson. He was special projects manager at the time. Mm-hmm. He was real instrumental in bringing the thunder here and getting them all ready. And um, anyway, he's since retired, but he introduced me to Keith Wilkinson. He's the ADA coordinator for Oklahoma City. He said, you know what, Miss Beasley, I've been doing this a whole long time. I've never once had an issue brought to me like this. He mm-hmm. goes, but now that I see it, he says, we've got a lot of work to do. And I said, we do. And he went to work right away. And um, uh, anyway, I got connected with Scott Wise and he's over at the Oklahoma City Building Code Commission. Mm-hmm. And you got to meet him at that I meeting. I did, I did. So he's a he's a very professional, helpful, anytime I've ever met email. And you know, in fact, um, I, I received an email from him on a Sunday that just happened to be my birthday. Mm-hmm. But he was work going, he had thought of something and had just sent me a quick a note. And he didn't have to do that. Right. But they saw a need. Everyone was like, hey, this is an ob- this is a very silent societal issue because it has a lot of shame. I refuse to let it have shame. I refuse to for my son's normal needs. I'm nor- we are normalizing needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, there is not a shameful thing about his need for help. That's right. That's not right. one bit, right? So, yeah. but there is a lot of shame that people carry, and some people want to keep this private, and that's why you don't see a whole mass of people coming out because they want people they want to protect the privacy um but all these city leaders you know we've got um oklahoma city convention center how many convention centers around this country have um a barrier-free building that have planned for nursing mothers and uh, disabled americans that require high support needs right across the way from a beautiful park like that Hmm. It's a very unique to be able to say that, say across the way from a park that's fully accessible, every known barrier should be removed in that park, right? Right. right. And there are leaders in place willing to remove all these barriers. Yeah. And if, if you're not catching on to the issue that we're talking about, we are talking about specifically um, changing tables for um, grown disabled persons or not, not even grown, but uh, taller, heavier, you know, of course you have the changing tables for infants that can be used, you know, for a smaller person, but the access for um, disabled um, teens and adults, um, if you want to go to a game or you just want to get out in public period, every building that exists does not have, uh, is not adequate, adequately equipped with a changing table that is suitable for a teen or an adult that is disabled. Yes. And so that is the issue that we are talking about with the Thunder Building and the, um, the yeah, Paycom Center, um, some other, there's a lot of buildings. Civic Center Music Hall. Mm -hmm. When we, when we uh, renovated that building, they were sure to make sure that it had a table. Larry White, the director of the Metropolitan Library System, you know, now not your average Joe's is down at the Metropolitan Library System downtown now, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So they're servicing this population with employment, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, anyone could go to work there because there's going to be a table there. Even if it were a disabled individual that still required some help, you know, um, 
every library in the Metropolitan Library System. In fact, more, the, the Pioneer Library and more, more got its first adult size changing table today. Awesome. I think it's the, the first. And my friend Brenda Goldsby, have you met her? Mm-mm. Anyway, she advocated for that. Her son needs it. And so do a ton of people in their community. And that opens up the Pioneer Library System and more to say anyone could have a meeting here. Anyone could have come here. Any any community member can come here. And there's not a barrier in this building. Right. Because imagine trying to take your child somewhere and they need to use the restroom. And then you're, okay, well, let me Google where's the closest place where I can help him use the restroom. Like that, that has to be frustrating. Um, and, and then we had went to this meeting on November the 1st with, with Scott Weiss, right? Yeah. And so it does every school in Oklahoma City have the accessibility, adequate accessibility? Um, see, I don't know that I've, I've, I could, I could ask for that information. Mm-hmm. I know that, um, like, like John Rex Charter, mm-hmm. we just, that was a, that was a Maps for Kids project. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's a 10-year-old building. They have a medical clinic with a medical table. And for Max, it works great because he can slide over and it's at the height of his um, wheelchair. Okay. And he can, in his uh, teacher's aid, Emily Living, she's amazing. She helps him with every need he has, you know, and it's, but it's in a, it's in a medical room in a clinic. If we were to build that building today or after we have these new building standards come in, a building, a, the new elementary school would have a height adjustable universal adult size changing table in one restroom in that building cool. to service any child with disabilities coming through that required caregiver assistance. Hmm. Or any community member. What if someone's there for a, a, a basketball game or right. whatever? Yeah, whatever reason. Whatever reason. Yeah, I can definitely imagine that people purposely stay at home because they just don't want to deal with it. Think yeah. about all of our loved ones in assisted living centers that don't ever leave. Mm. My grandmother had Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. She stayed in, at the assisted living center. Mm. So in all your advocacy efforts... Your goal is to pretty much get accessibility in like every building in Oklahoma City. Every single building. No. <laughs> um, my goal is, well, you know, with him going to John Rex Charter, you know, he's the first kid to be the first kid going to a public school that I'm aware of mm-hmm. in the heart of downtown Oklahoma City. Um, he's going over to the Myriad Gardens. He's going to Scissor Tail. He's going to see Thunder Blue Games. He's going to the Civic Center, you know, the downtown library, the federal, the federal, the uh, judicial learning center and that federal courthouse. I mean, Wesley and at the fourth grade, all fourth graders went on a free, you know, to walk down to the judicial court. Well, what, when it's Max's turn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Will we be having to come back to the school? Am I going to have to leave a federal building for restroom access for my kid? Hmm. So the General Service Administration has told me that there will be a renovated uh, a, a renovation and uh, that federal courthouse will have a universal adult size changing table, both buildings. So the federal courthouse and the old U.S. post office building. Well, those both both those buildings will have access. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> then I asked them for temporary accommodations. And I, I I still haven't heard a response on that. Okay. Because okay. I think that, well, what if Max is invited there before 2025? Yeah. And what would happen? What mm-hmm. if he was there with the whole kindergarten class of John Rick Strutter Elementary School? 
And I had federal guards tell me to take him to the floor in the bathroom. That's what they told me when I popped in. I like to go on long distance walking. I'll drop my kids off and go walk around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I popped in one day. I said, if my son were to come down here with his class, where would you suggest I change his diaper? Mm-hmm. If he needed restroom access, which mm-hmm. the fourth grader spent like three or four hours in that building that day. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, there's uh, you're, the women's restroom is right down there. I said, well, that it doesn't have anything to accommodate his needs. Mm-hmm. Where would I change his diaper? Mm-hmm. And they just told me all I'd have access to is the women's restroom. I'm not going to put him on the floor in a federal building. Like bare floor. No mat, no nothing. Just a bare oh, well, floor. See, I've had... I've had state employees tell me to bring a yoga mat, bring my own blanket. Ma'am, do you travel with your own folding table? No, nobody does. No, but I do travel with a wheelchair and a diaper bag and my purse. And I don't have room for no folding table. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, who does in 2023? It goes back to the ADA. Uh And there's a huge issue and a difference between working with the people at the city and the federal government. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've experienced these people working for the city and the federal government. They know the federal laws I'm talking about and everyone that I've dealt with at the state. And mm-hmm. um, they haven't been interested in listening to me about the laws I know about. But if you read Title II of the ADA, mm-hmm. it clearly states that all Title II buildings, which is buildings we fund, mm-hmm. any building we fund, mm-hmm. taxpayer money, we should offer reasonable accommodations in the event a barrier is presented. And not having restroom access, it's it's discriminatory to direct me to the floor. And I hadn't even thought about that until someone told me it is discrimination against you, too. And yes, it is. It is discrimination against me. You cannot, if they're not directing you to the floor, you can't direct me to the floor. That's right. Right? That's right. So Title II of the ADA says uh, that we must, that uh, you have to provide reasonable accommodations unless... It shows too heavy of a burden. And you can't tell me a $2,800 table put in a room like the Will Rogers World Airport. That's not a restroom either. What I'm asking the Oklahoma State Department of Education for is just a room with a table. Mm -hmm. And it's no different than what the Will Rogers World Airport did. Karen Carney out there Mm -hmm. is city leadership again. Mm -hmm. She went to work immediately. And do you know how many red tape, how much red tape you got to do to do anything at the airport? Yeah. There's airport, the airport trust. There's all these, there's all these things, right? Mm-hmm. We have, we were the 14th airport in the nation to put in an adult size changing table, first in the state. And now all the airports have one. Tulsa has one and Stillwater have one too. That's awesome. But before it came, Carney didn't like, she didn't like the idea of not having anywhere for her staff to tell me where to go. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. I'm glad that she cared enough to get on the ball. Um, so is the main reason that um, some of the legislators don't support it is because they say we can't afford the $2,800? Is that basically it? No, I don't think the cost has anything to do with it at all. I don't think the cost has anything to do. But I would rather, that's just going down a pig trail. If, okay, we'll leave that alone. Let's, let's talk about the city. and the, Yeah, what's the, about- what's the next goal? What's your next goal? Like for... <laughs> Park buildings or... Well, um, we've got to write another... I've got to write another code. There's one more... We've got to do this whole process again because mm-hmm. it, so it couldn't be... It couldn't be added into this current uh, code revision because... Or whatever proposal because 
city parks and buildings are two separate under dif- different, uh, anyway, they're two very different things. But yes, I would like to introduce or talk with Scott uh, Wise if he'll work with me again. <laughs> He's so nice. Um, but yeah, we need we need all new or renovated if if they can hold it mm-hmm. and a renovated one, but all new outdoor restroom pavilions. They should be. We should just go towards a a, a one unit restroom, right? If we're going to do that, it's going to have a cement bench. It needs a cement bench to slide over. So Ruby Grant Park, and my husband and I volunteered on the planning, um, on the planning of that. Like we had gave community insight. And where is that at? Norman. Okay. Okay. I'm listening. Um, it's, I think it's the most inclusive park that I've ever been to. It's barrier free. And they've, they've done a, a, a great job of planning for all. But if you'll go to every, in every bathroom pavilion in the family restroom, mm-hmm. there is a cement bench, the height of a, of a, an adult size wheelchair. So if you were, if I were with you and I needed to help you, okay, um, I, you, I could just help you transfer over to a bent, a cement bench that's indestructible. Okay. Right. Right. And then I could help you with whatever you need. And then you could slide back over. Into your wheelchair. It's not exactly, right. It's not exactly the easiest, but to put, to expect to put a, an adult size changing table, even a wall mounted one, uh, people are brutal to city parks. And that goes back to wisdom from Tom Anderson at the city. Mm-hmm. He told me if it has cement, if it has cement walls, it needs a cement bench. If it's got sheetrock on the walls, we need to have an adult, a, a height adjustable adult size changing table. Cool. And he taught me that. Because when he, whenever I told him the story about Ruby Grant Park and what we were advocating for, because mm-hmm. we were advocating for adult size changing tables at those parks, but that's not what the engineers and all those plan on planning commission and um, architects came up with. Okay. They came up with a like 24 inch, 26 inch wide cement bench that was six feet long that you could change a baby at. You could sit and, you know, if you needed to change your clothes after a soccer game or whatever you needed to do, you had a bench there that wasn't the floor. Right. Cool. Yeah. Multi-purpose, whatever you need to use this bench for. Okay. Yeah. And that's what we want all over Oklahoma City. I think so. I mean, have you seen the baby changing stations at Scissor Tail Park? No. All of them. <laughs> because they, they take a lot of abuse. Do People they? People abuse them. Well, they break the mirrors in the park. and they, I thought they only had those porter potty porter potties at uh, Scissor Tail. I don't know. I haven't used the restroom no, out there before. There's there's, <laughs> there's one uh, at the at the Love's Travel Stage. Mm-hmm. There's one at Spark, which is a little eatery. They have one um, over on the west side of the park by the pond, by the where the ki- kayaks are at the skate rink. I'd say there's seven. I'll have to go in there next time and check it out and see what you're talking about. (laughs) So what is the process? Like what, as far as the public goes, what can the public do to help get those benches put in the park? They they should maybe contact their city council person and saying, Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing to help make our city more accessible? We've got sidewalks downtown that lead nowhere. That just come up to right across the way from Scissor Tail Park. There's a sidewalk that leads right into grass. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be looking at how uh, take what we have and make it more accessible. But when we build new, we need to be thinking of um, everyone in society. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We, if we remove all these barriers, we'll have these people that feel isolated at home at times can get out and participate in society. Cool. 
Are there any upcoming meetings that um, you are going to in particular? I have a meeting tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. with the Attorney General's office regarding my complaint with the Oklahoma State Department of Education. Okay, and what's this complaint about? <laughs> I filed an ADA grievance and asked that um, restroom accommodations be made in that building so Max could go with uh, our family to a, a State Board of Education meeting because, you know, I helped write the non-discrimination policy for John Rex Charter School. Okay. Okay. I helped helped write that. And I believe that there's a few violations of what's um, been going on regarding the non-discrimination policy. Okay. That the Oklahoma State Department. Anyway, we wanted to go talk about a few things and um, couldn't find who the ADA coordinator was, couldn't find the ADA grievance procedures. When I started going into diving into all that, Mm -hmm. it just, it's nothing different than what happened at the Capitol. Anyway, that's that's a whole lot of... Really, so hopefully tomorrow is the beginning of a solution? I already think that there's the beginning of the solution, mm-hmm. but I'm having, like, I've spent the last week revisiting emails from 2019. Okay. With 149 long, more than that, because some left office. You know, new income, all these emails, text messages, pictures, videos, YouTube, you know, all this, I've revisited all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's all real. Gross. So you've been at this fight for quite a minute. Since 2019, girl. yeah. Wow, wow. Good job, good job, mom. <laughs> well, it's it's hard. Anyway, there's there's a whole lot of good going on in mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and maybe if all these um, elected officials that's decided to maybe take a side, and there was never a side. Yeah. It's a nonpartisan issue, I think, that was made partisan really early on. And then I think I've upset a few people when I filed an ADA grievance because nobody was taking action. And it's just been an uphill battle. I just learned yesterday that the Oklahoma State Senate paid Ogletree Deacons $25,000 during the time frame that uh, Sam Fulkerson was helping the Senate. And that $25,000 over accessibility issues for the Senate. When they could have just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're going to go talk about it all. Yeah. I'm hoping to get some help. Okay. Well, I'm here for you. You know, I, I imagine that my nephew is going to go through some of these same things, um, you know, as he gets older and larger and taller and heavier, you know, so I'm definitely here for you. But if anyone who's listening wants more information, where can they follow you at? I am. I'm, I really don't like social media much, so I'm on Facebook. Okay. And I have it's Audra Beasley. Just search for me, and yep, just search for me, and maybe send me a message that you heard me on the show or whatever. And then OK Changing Stations, mm-hmm. and then there's a group OK Changing Stations Advocates for Max's Law. OK Changing Station Advocates for Max's Law yep. is a Facebook. Join group. the group. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'll post some updates. Cool beans, and I will share anything that you need me to share at the Oklahoma County page, which is at LWVOK County. And I thank everyone today who is listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. Bye. Tushalicious Talk is part of the Breaking Ice, Building Bridges community podcast platform brought to you by Possibilities Inc.